Good morning and welcome to Radio Veritas and the Jesuit Institute R. I'm Francis Correa and I'm going to be with you for the next hour as we look at the world and the church and some of the things that are going on around us at the moment. We're still in January and before the month is completely gone, I want us to just pick up on Pope Francis's papal intentions. I don't know if you've done this, but if you haven't, I really, really encourage you to go and Google, well, YouTube, Pope Francis's prayer intentions. They're on the Apostleship of Prayer site, so if you write into Google Apostleship of Prayer, the site will pop up and you'll see there these little video clips that Pope Francis has made, and they're just extraordinary. They're wonderful. And he speaks to us. He speaks from the heart. He speaks to us about what it is he's concerned about, and he's spoken about a whole variety of things over the last year, ranging from topics like work and employment, old age, indigenous people's rights, through to child soldiers and interfaith issues. It's just it's an extraordinary range of topics and really inspiring stuff. So what we're going to do today is I've asked um, one of the people in the studio to read for me Pope Francis's words in English, and so we're going to play you the music that they use as backdrop, and you'll hear in English what Pope Francis is saying. And January's prayer intention is, of course, for uh, Christian unity, praying for Christian unity, and that's, that's a, a very important point. I just want to, to make a point about that, that if we go back to Vatican II, there's a real sense, I think, that you know, if you went back two or three hundred years ago and you spoke about Christian unity with Catholics, what you'd be talking about was everybody coming back and becoming Catholic. But at Vatican II, the Church really kind of took ownership of the fact that the Holy Spirit has been at work in the different traditions and that when we think about, when we pray about Christian unity, we're praying about unity that is grounded in the reality that we come from different places but that we are called to follow the same Christ and, and that unity is, is not uniformity, but it is, it is that being at one in our difference. So again, it's this, this challenge that as South Africans we know so well, the challenge to live at peace in diversity. So we're going to pay that peace now. I am going to read the English version of Pope Francis's prayer intention. In today's world, many Christians from various churches work together to serve humanity in need to defend human life and its dignity, to defend creation and to combat injustice. This desire to work together to collaborate in service and in solidarity with the weakest and with those who suffer is a source of joy for us all.
Join your voice to mine in praying for all who contribute through prayer and in fraternal charity to restoring the full ecclesial communion in service of the challenges facing humanity. Radio Veritas, the good news for a change. So there was Tiso reading to us Pope Francis's words, very much in his own words. So what we're going to do now is I've asked a friend of mine who is a colleague. She's a spiritual director like I am, trained in the Ignatian tradition. She's also a lay Methodist minister and has been very, very involved in the Methodist church for her whole life. She is older than I am. She has grown-up children as opposed to mine, who, as you probably know, are in primary school. And so I've asked her if she wouldn't share some of her thoughts on Pope Francis's message. It seemed to me important to talk to someone who wasn't Catholic about what Francis is saying, because this call really is for Christian unity. is a call that goes out to all of us who are Christian. And, and Desby and I have a, a good long-term relationship. So here we have an interview that I did a little earlier with Desby. Good morning, Desby, and welcome to Radio Veritas. Good morning, Francis, and it's a pleasure to be here with you this morning. Thank you. So, Desby, the reason I decided to ask you about this is that I know that you've worked for a long time in an ecumenical setting, um, in your work as a spiritual director, that you've worked with people of numerous different Christian backgrounds, and I just wondered how Pope Francis's uh, call for Christian unity, call for prayer for Christian unity, really is, is what the call is for, how mm. that struck you and, and what you thought about what he was saying. I've got to say the minute I heard him from, from the very first time, um, I, I was drawn into it. I, I think there's something there that, that strikes me very strongly about a unity about a coming together as one. Um, and I suppose if, if we, we look at the biblical side of that as is, is being one body, and it's something within my own heart that to, to bring everybody together, to, to collaborate in a way that uh, brings healing, I think, and, and draws people into a space of, of a, a, a claim space, maybe that would be the word I would use. Just to, so into a, into a, a claim space, I like that word, and there's a there's a sense as as you spoke. I was thinking about um, I was actually when I when I watched it, and I was thinking about how a lot of people say uh, inside of Catholicism that he's going back to the teachings of Vatican II, and I was thinking about the call for church unity in Vatican II. And there's this, there's this lovely line in the document on Christian unity where they talk about the retreat ministry, the ministry of spiritual direction, as being one of the places in which, um, in fact, we're seeing ecumenism. And the other, of course, which is very clear from the video when he talks about Christians at the service of the world being, being the social justice work, the work in the world that Christians do. And I'm, I'm just kind of struck by both of those uh, and, and any thoughts you might have about that? Mm. I, I think that there's certainly, uh, certainly if we look at, and I, I'm not sure if this is what you're saying, but 
for me, if, if we look at something like the exercises of St. Ignatius mm-hmm. and what, what he calls for within those exercises, there is within that something that brings a oneness. Mm-hmm. Something that brings people into that that same space. I just I want to just explore this a little because for some people the word Jesuit or the spiritual exercise of Ignatius could sound so extremely Catholic as mm-hmm. as to be utterly off putting to any Protestant out there. And I, I've certainly had that criticism thrown at me once or twice, you know, why do you want us to do something, the spiritual exercise of St. Ignatius, how could that possibly work for someone who wasn't Catholic? And mm-hmm. I, I know you, 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 you are a Methodist, you've not only made the exercises, you've given the exercises to other mm-hmm. people. Just, just tell me a bit about your experience um, of the exercises. I, I think that there's a movement for me that takes one away from be either a Catholic or a Protestant in one of the different Protestant churches. It it brings one into a oneness with the spirituality that you touch into. It it somehow makes the kingdom look so different. It it gives you a sense of oneness. It takes away any of that, well, that's Catholic and that is Protestant or that is Methodist or whatever. That is, for myself, it took me totally away from that and brought me into a deeper relationship with God. Mm. So the the word Jesuit for me brings a sense of excitement, I guess, because of my own journey with that, that there's, there's growth, there's learning. And because of the exercises being linked, you know, to to Saint Ignatius and, and the Jesuits, so it's it, for me it's not a problem at all. It's there's something, there's growth, there's challenge, there's I I, I want that. Mm-hmm. And then to that, I mean that's that's lovely, and it certainly it certainly picks up my own experience that when I've helped people to get over whatever initial prejudice they may have around the fact that I happen to be a Catholic and I happen to be talking about St. Ignatius, Mm. my experience has been that the minute people start to pick up some of the tools of the exercises, praying with Scripture, encountering Jesus in the Gospels, Mm. the the differences of denomination just fade away. Um, Absolutely. I'm very struck that the last person I, I finished the exercises with was a Baptist from the southern states in, in the U.S. And, you know, you could think, yeah. how far from Catholic can that be? And I was just so moved by how, with such openness and generosity, she engaged with God, but also how God engaged with her. Mm. And, and, and so, yeah, that, that resonates for me. Mm, mm, mm. I, I guess I have a similar experience right at this moment because I'm also taking someone through the exercises also in the US and there's there was a, a, a hesitation when we spoke about speaking with our lady and there was like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. But just a little bit of gentle encouragement around that brought out something new for him. 
it, it, it began to to give him it, it broadened it, it widened it made him begin to sort of see things differently wow. and, so, and so my thinking is you know it, it's to make that first step and and it's in anything it's to take that first step and and give it a try it's it, it, within prayer as well people want to say the right things do the right things and it's not about that it's to take the step in and, and, and just see hmm. and there's something really about that that being willing to dare um the, the new general of the Society of Jesus gave a, a homily recently in which he was suggesting that what we need to do is to go out into the deeps and, and dare. And, and that's kind of what I'm hearing you say, Desby, that there's, there's something about being open to being daring, to, to, to stepping beyond the boundaries that's really at the core of this call to ecumenism. Mm. Mm. I, I just... As you step into that space, there's, there's something of our relationship with God begins to grow, and with that grows our trust and our faith. And, and, and unless you actually take that first step, the, the, the change is there, but at a very much slower, you know, slower pace, I guess. Wow, yeah. So it's, it's that, it's that uh, daring to dream, daring to be used by God that's, that's at the heart of ecumenism. That's what it's about, you know, and, and, and just, just dream it and step into that space and God is there and will be there. I love, I love that sense of trusting in the Spirit. Mm. I want to just pick up the other side of what Francis was saying because I think that's equally important. When I, when I was listening to it, I was very struck by the sense of, of call, that this is kind of a call to Christians for the good of the world. It's not just a call for unity for its own sake, but a call for Christians to work together for the world. It's that, that sense of being available for the world, being agents for God in the world. And and that for me was kind of quite interesting. And I was thinking, you know, how much time and energy do we give to, to defending our turf that if we weren't doing that would make us freer to be, to be available for, God, for God's work in the world? Mm -hmm. And just your mm -hmm. thoughts around that. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's a very big one for me because... Um, how can I've got to think carefully of how one to say this? There's there's a sense that sometimes you you are are stuck in a place and you within a church, for instance, and and um, stuff must happen around there, and yet the freedom begins to happen when you step out beyond. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not saying the church doesn't do um, the community thing, you know, uh, um, soup kitchen, community lunches, what, whatever. But sometimes I think we can get bound in that there's something of a call beyond. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, and again it kind of picks up for me what, 
what uh, Father Sousa was saying, that the call to, to, to go out, to go out into the deep waters. Mm. And it just, it's, it's, it really reminds me of, of Jesus's, that, that lovely sense of Jesus getting them to go back into the water and cast out their nets, even though mm. they think they're not going to get anything. And then the nets are filled to breaking point. And that, that kind of promise of, if you trust, I will be with you. Exactly that. And, and, and I guess for me that that's where, how does one get um, a whole group of people, a society um, and bigger, the world, to, to step out in trust mm. and, and, and to, to move into that? How, how can we, those of us who, who might take that one bigger step, how do we help others to step out into that space? Mm. Yes, and, and how do we do that? And, and certainly in my own experience, in my own life, spiritual direction was one of the places where I learned to be courageous. I'm speaking now not as a director, but when I was, when I was a student and was seeing a spiritual director, yeah. I remember it was, it was learning to trust God, learning to trust myself, and learning to be courageous. I, I learned those things in that encounter with the director. There was, there was something integrating and freeing. Um, Absolutely, and that is something that I think I'm very passionate about, <clears throat> is to encourage people to, to be in direction, to, to just have somebody that you can share some of your thoughts and your thinking with, to grow those thoughts and almost give you the courage to step out beyond. Mm. Well, that sounds like a, a lovely note on which to end, the courage to step out beyond. Desby, thank you so much for making some time for us this morning and for sharing with me some of your thoughts about ecumenism and about direction and the impact of the exercises. And hopefully we'll chat again in the future. Thank you so much and thank you for inviting me and many, many blessings. Okay. God bless. Lovely. Thanks, Francis. Bye. Bye. Can now